Lisa Pierce, executive editor of Packaging Digest, with another episode of Packaging Possibilities, the podcast that reveals what's new and what's next for packaging executives and engineers, designers, and developers. And we are here at the Pack Expo 2022 show, day two. Joining me, we have John Henry, the owner and uh, of uh, changeover.com and a regular contributing writer for us. And we also have Claire Sand, who is the owner at PTR. Paul Tom Robert, um, which is a consultancy, and she's also an adjunct professor at Cal Poly. And um, finally, we have Rick Lingle, our senior technical editor with Packaging Digest. And Rick is actually going to start us off with something pretty cool that he saw at Tetra Pak. So Tetra Pak is introducing and rolling out the f- world's first digitally printed aseptic food and beverage cartons here at the show. And in fact, they did a special Pack Expo edition with five different designs that also feature the Pack Expo logo and a QR code that brings the person to the specific website of the product that's shown on the carton. Uh, for example, the one on my package is the Tetra Therm Aseptic VTS. There wasn't one that particularly was pointed directly to packaging, but since packaging is the billboard, it's front and center to begin with. And uh, what this does is it's a limited edition, as I mentioned. It has the same lead time of approximately six weeks as the standard Flexo printed cartons, and but it also has lower minimal orders versus a standard. Some of the options that were suggested, and I think is pretty cool, is you could have a college team featured, and you can actually do individual player for each of the flavors that are run here. So the mind starts running wild as a marketing of what the possibilities are, and they're as broad as what can be done with digital printing. And in fact, the initial reaction from the brands, which we'll see introduced in early 2023 rolling out, is the fact that they're already planning a second uh, printing system. The first is based in Texas in the U.S., and the second will be a non-U.S. location. And that was my pick for the day of the coolest thing I saw at Pack Expo. Probably the uh, the coolest thing, but not the only cool thing that you saw, um, which I'm finding it was really hard for me to pick out my takes too. Okay, um, next up is going to be Claire. Claire, what was your cool thing that you saw at the show? Well, that's a pretty tough act to follow. But Lisa, um, I think this is a real game changer for medical packaging uh, because it takes the fear out of medical packaging. Fear, yes, there's a lot. I particularly have fear of medical packaging because of a lot of regulations, protocols, and it's so crazy critical to get everything right. So the medical industry, medical packaging industry, um, had trouble attracting talent due to this fear. They they talked to students, just recent grads, and, and people did, were afraid to go into medical device packaging. So as an industry, uh, the IOPP Medical Device uh, Packaging Technical Committee took this on, and they decided to educate to reduce fear. 
So at this PAC Expo, we are seeing the inaugural session of the medical device packaging fundamentals. So there are 36 students uh, that they've, they've screened out. Uh, and these are people new to medical device packaging. Uh, they could be older people like, like me, uh, or they could be people just entering into the field and it's sold out. Uh, they are experiencing 12 hours of training over three days, starting each day at 7.30. And a third of the training, which is really cool, is they're using the PAC Expo floor. So they're going down there they're looking at seals they're looking at testing methods testing machinery and and really getting to understand medical device packaging so it's suited for the young and old uh, new to medical device packaging the interesting part is this took over two to three years to organize so they developed curriculum they have 13 instructors in in these three days they're covering regulations materials science designing and sterilization and um uh, if you need a contact, it would be Danette Casper at Edwards Life Sciences. Uh, you can probably reach her on uh, easiest on LinkedIn. Okay, and um, we do transcripts with these podcasts, so I'll make sure that there's contact information in the transcript area for that. Um, excellent. I'm so glad that they got that off the ground. I know it's been in the planning, as you say, for a couple of years, and um, that's uh, pretty cool to see. Sold out. Totally awesome. Totally awesome. Okay, next up is John Henry. And I think John's got something that's uh, student-related as well. Tell us what that's all about. Hi, John Henry. We're second day of the packaging show, and it's so exciting. I've forgotten to be tired. But the best thing, and a lot of cool stuff here, but the best thing that I've seen so far is the packaging challenge. This is high school kids freshmen to seniors who are building fillers, full automatic filling machines to fill marbles into plastic bottles. And they're given a kit of pieces, but allowed to design the machine the way that they feel is most effective. So everyone is somewhat different. Just talking to these kids and seeing the passion and the knowledge and what they're able to do is just amazing. I don't know that many adults that could do this kind of thing. And I will be there at the judging tomorrow, at, or I guess the award tomorrow, at uh, 1.30 and cheering these kids on. I just think it's a terrific program on the part of the PMMI. Okay, awesome. Uh, again, I... I'm so glad that the industry is investing in the future of packaging and doing all these really cool things, especially hands-on. The Pack Expo show is amazing as a learning opportunity just because of that hands-on, as well as, you know, the mind trust that's here for uh, expertise at the various exhibitors. So I... I told every all our contributors here that, that we had to pick the one really cool thing that they saw at the show. And I'm breaking my own rule because I saw two things, and I'll go through them real quickly, but I just can't pick between one of these two things. Um, so at the BW Packaging booth, one of the things that they're, they're doing is having a um, more cohesive look and feel and um, connection between the BW brands. And um, we had a chance to talk with Joe Ambrose, who's uh, with Digital Innovation, and he was telling us about how they're working on user experience with their machines. 
um, doing a lot more than that. This is just one area of the uh, digital innovation area on user experience. And walked us through um, some of the uh, screens that they're working on. And I uh, was quite taken with the common navigation that they're going to have across the operating controls for their machines and how these really do focus on usability and intuitiveness for that. And um, part of that is that BW is also a beta site for the folks uh, with the uh, Rockwell's new factory talk uh, automation platform. And the BW booth number is S as in Sam, 2106. The second thing that I saw, and this will be our last um, contribution to the podcast for today, was at the Syntagon booth, which is S is in Sam 3514. And they had uh, so much there. Uh, but the one thing that I wanted to talk about was the Osgood cup filling system. It's um, the new LFS. Uh, Larry Frank Sam, LFS, and um, cup filling system. You know, Syntagon has been working on modular designs for uh, on their equipment for a lot of different reasons, um, but mostly for easy uh, flexibility in building out a system that gives the customer whatever the performance is that they need. And the gentleman that I talked with there, Jonathan... V-I-E-N-S. I apologize. I don't know how to pronounce the uh, last name. He compares it to building Legos, putting Legos together, which I thought was really pretty cool. And um, so the these modular systems connect. And um, one of the benefits of that is to be able to get to a 20-week delivery lead time. They're not there yet right now because of the supply chain challenges with the um, components. But he says that they are building those machines for that delivery time. It's just, you know, some of the components they're not getting uh, that's holding them up. So um, that's pretty spectacular, especially when you see the size of these units. Um, And one of the things that you have to take into consideration when doing these modular sections of machines is uh, connecting them. And they're uh, using distributed electronics and then connecting them via pigtails. So there's no cabinet. A couple other things that they're working on here specifically with this system was they're able to reduce the amperage that's needed. And knowing the uh, energy costs that we're dealing with now and probably will be for quite some time, um, I have been keeping an eye on energy savings and conservation uh, from a machinery uh, machinery manufacturer point of view. Jonathan did mention that they have been seeing 50% power savings that they've been able to record, but it hasn't been proven yet. So he wanted me to, you know, make sure that I just mentioned that. Lisa Pierce and Rick Lingle, Claire Sand, John Henry, signing off from Pack Expo 2022, day two. We'll be back again tomorrow. Thanks for listening.